My name is Carolyn DeRosa. This is our second time filming this today. <laughs> yeah. We had some audio issues. We had some audio issues. Hey, that's our first like major audio issue though. Yeah. Um, so good thing we did not make it too far before yeah. we had to re-record. Emma, what's your major? Hello. My name's Emma. <laughs> As introduced, what is this like episode nine? This is probably episode Ten. nine, yeah. I don't remember the At number, least, but um, I am a general biology major with a concentration in ecology uh, and a marine science minor. Woo! And of course, I'm Carolyn DeRosa. I am a film major um, with minors in music technology and um, English. And um, yeah, we're having a good time today. Yeah. Um, I'm excited are, to film this. It's I know. kind of bittersweet. This is our last mm-hmm. episode with me on it for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited about it. I think it'll be a good, yeah. a good chat today. I think so too. Um, what's our spontaneous fun fact for today? Hmm. Ooh, how... So have you been on a, a plane before, Carolyn? I have. So yes. what is your longest flight that you've ever taken and where was that too? So my longest flight was from Philadelphia to Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a... Th- six hour flight it was either a six hour flight or an eight hour flight i think it was a six hour flight Um, yeah i think it's probably more a six yeah i think arizona yeah yeah. um so yeah that was pretty fun it was in 2017 um when i went to arizona for the gator bowl with the beast from the east (laughs) red rover high school marching band nice um so yeah, what about you? What was your longest flight? my longest flight was 11 hours (laughs) and it was flying from uh, Newark, New Jersey mm-hmm. to Honolulu, yeah. Hawaii. Are you excited for your your new flight? How long is the flight from where are you flying from? Florida? So I'm I'll be flying out of Tampa. Yeah, um, Florida, to go to yeah. Ireland. I'll be mm-hmm. flying out of Tampa. Um, but yeah, so I'll be flying from Tampa to Toronto, actually, right, mm-hmm. and then from Toronto to Dublin. Nice. So that's that's the plan. I think it's I think ten total hours of flight time, mm-hmm. not including like just layover time. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. yeah. You said do, do you? Um, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast uh-huh. before, but like the little gift I got you for your birthday. Yeah, Are you it was, excited. Carolyn got me this little like travel pillow that like turns into a, like a a, a, a little pillow. bear. Yeah, it, or, it's, it's a neck. It's a bear that turns into a neck. Pillow. Yeah, excuse yeah. me. <laughs> oh, you gotta get it the right way around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that um, was awesome. I definitely will be using that. Yeah, his name's Bawu. We'll be posting him on the Instagram. Yes. <laughs> okay, we're good. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to me that this is kind of the last episode yeah. of this season because it I feel like we just started this the other day. I know. And we're on like what episode nine or this ten will or probably something. Be episode nine. Yeah. Excluding like Friendsgiving, right. I think. So mm-hmm. that's just crazy to me that I mean I can say that I co host a podcast. Like mm-hmm. I didn't think that would ever happen. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. So hey, thank you I for having me on. Of course. I didn't I never thought like when I when I was going for like a film degree, I never thought I would be able to um co-host a podcast let alone like be able to go into audio engineering but um it's something to realize i'm I'm really passionate about and i'm Mm -hmm. really passionate about climbing and i feel like you know especially we and i've talked about this before but we both feel like there's not enough voices from women in the climbing community Mm -hmm. um and we figured instead of complaining about this why not just be the extra voice that's awesome (laughs) yeah i I like the mindset definitely Mm -hmm. it's like you know be the change you wish to see in the world kind of vibe okay (laughs) i know that i i know that quote is like a good quote but like my middle school principal dr simia oh. i did not like that woman did um, she say that every uh, day on the loudspeaker so she was like be the change you want to see in the world <laughs> i was like okay dr simia like <laughs> <laughs> shut up you know but yeah. yeah overall like you know wanting to uh see the change and seeing it through yeah you know, i think sure. it was really cool and if mm-hmm. anything i mean 
men, women, mm-hmm. non-binary, anyone who listens to this podcast that wants to find a little bit of fun in their day from listening to us talk about climbing yeah, concepts. Exactly. Um, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's what this podcast serves, in my mm-hmm. opinion. So I think, I hopefully, hopefully I think we've maybe reached that goal a little bit. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So, talking about our climbing news for the day, Emma, what do you got for us? Yeah, so I found a cool article from climbing.com about a lawsuit that's currently going on between the Utah government and the people who protect Bears Ears National Monument. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know anything about the Bears Ears National Monument issue that's been going on in the past couple not of years? Not really, no. I mean, I've been following like the Keystone Pipeline mm-hmm. stuff, but like definitely not the... Um, the bears ears stuff no yeah i mean it's it's similar in the sense that um several organizations want to protect the land Mm -hmm. but the government often doesn't want to because of the resources and the oil that's on the land that could be used for the u.s yeah um and so there's apparently another lawsuit or maybe it is a continuing lawsuit that's been going on um for the fight in making bears ears public land and accessible Mm -hmm. to the American public. Um, So I'll just read a little excerpt from this uh, article and we can chat about it. So it says, in late August, the state of Utah, led by Utah's attorney general, Sean Rays, and backed by a powerful coalition of the state's conservative power brokers, sued the Biden administration over its 2021 restoration of Bears Ears and Grand Staircase Escalante National Monuments. Utah has argued that the size of the monuments, which together amount to some 3.2 million acres, contradicts the Antiquities Act of 1906 and constitutes, quote, abusive federal overreach, end quote. The attorney general also says that the protections afforded by the monument status are, paradoxically, having a negative effect on both the environment and tribal access to important cultural sites, and that only by repealing the monument status and coming to a congressional solution can the land be properly protected. <laughs> that was a lot to unpack right there. Yeah. What, do you, what are your initial thoughts on that statement, Carolyn? Um, I guess, like, one of the weird things, too, is I didn't mention this the last time we recorded this, but I, I noticed how you said that, like, it was both the state of Utah and the conservative power brokers, too, mm-hmm. which I find suspicious, but mm-hmm. that's another time for it. That's a story for another podcast. Yeah. You know? Um, that's Craigell's political version. <laughs> <laughs> which we're never going to do that. <laughs> Maybe um, never coming out on all podcasts. C- coming out wherever you get your podcasts. Never. <laughs> Good grief. Um, <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah, I find it very strange that the state of Utah um, finds that they think whatever they, like, or excuse me, let me let me frame this a little bit differently. Like, whatever they want to achieve with this land is better for the native communities mm-hmm. and already what yeah. is now. Obviously, I'm not native. I'm not going to pretend like I am. Right. But um, it seems like the natives know what they're doing in regards to their own land i don't think mm-hmm. they've been doing this for like thousands of years mm-hmm. like i don't think i think it's kind of foolish for a, a, a government um or i guess the, for the state government to come in and be like we know better than you yeah um and if anything i mean i wouldn't think that unprotecting the land would benefit native tribes i think right? yeah like, I mean, like what is the purpose of unprotecting wind right is it does the article say the article does say that this is for the sake of a pipeline correct no oh, um okay. it doesn't specifically state what it's for but i just mm-hmm. think there there's a lawsuit going on um that Ow. the 
attorney general believe that the Biden administration has kind of overstepped their boundaries in protecting this land because they protected 3.2 million acres. Which is a lot. But um, which is, it, it is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, their main point is that, you know, this vast swath of land that has been protected, you know, because there's so much land that's protected and mm-hmm. it's, you know, the, the government has done so much to protect it that it's negative for both the tribal cultural sites that are there and the environment i don't really know what that argument is the basis of yeah Um, it just seems like a very strange argument to make because the point of protecting land at least for my what i'm assuming is to protect companies from going in and being able to do stuff mm -hmm. it's to punish those who do go into the land say um what is the what is the word for when you hunt when you're not allowed to hunt things illegal hunting well, illegal like <laughs> it protects things like illegal. I'm, I'm looking. It starts with a P. I don't know why. Um, but like when, for example, it, it covers people who may go into these lands and mm. practice illegal hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, it does protect you know the native the native tribes mm-hmm. who you know wish to um live off the land yeah. and practice their you know cultural things that they've been doing for thousands of yeah. years. It seems strange to all of a sudden just be like. We actually don't want to protect this anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because and how it's related to our podcast mm-hmm. is that the Access Fund mm-hmm. um, is actually stepped in to kind of help out with this lawsuit um, mm-hmm. and kind of go against the Utah government that's saying that the land has been kind of over-regulated in a way and yeah. over-protected. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who don't know or haven't listened to our past episodes, Access Fund is just a national organization that um, basically makes climbing spaces and public lands accessible to the American public yeah. and to the public. Um, I guess anyone who wants to, you know, uh, adventure, recreate on these lands and these spaces. Um, and the Access Fund kind of got involved with this because um, they are kind of backed by several native tribes mm-hmm. that live in that area and so yeah. you know talking about utah's interesting perspective on this yeah. um the article goes on to say utah's claims are belied by the fact that access funds chief allies in the fight to protect bears ears have been tribes and conservation groups Indeed, in f- filling their motion on and filing their motion on Tuesday, Access Fund followed the lead of the Hopi tribe, Navajo Nation, the Ute Mountain Ute tribe, and the Pueblo of Zuni, who filed their own motion to intervene in the case on November 18th. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just goes on to say that um, these files will be approved by a judge, and then the lawsuit will, you know, get some more traction. Um, but I, you know, in, in further understanding and reading this article. To me, it just further shows that the people who want to, you know, not protect the land as much don't really have a true basis in where they're coming from. Because if their mm-hmm. principal argument is that, you know, this will benefit the native people by making the land unprotected and then the access funds coming in and saying like, no, actually, all the native tribes are on our side right now. And we want to protect the land. Mm hmm. I don't know. It just seems it just seems a bit it's a bit weird. interesting to me. Mm-hmm. It seems like there's definitely a lot more going on behind the scenes in mm-hmm. terms of the Utah government. Mm-hmm. Why would you suddenly want to make a land that's been historically protected for a while suddenly unprotected, especially with all of the things um, that happened with the loss of the Keystone pipeline mm-hmm. and all the other pipelines that have been um, kind of being scarved throughout or, or scarred throughout like the the Midwest where mm-hmm. a lot of these tribes have traditionally lived. It just seems weird that all of a sudden the state of Utah is like, 
oh no government outreach or government overreach yeah. you know ah, no, like, exactly um, shut up. I think <laughs> this this piece of land I don't think was protected until the Biden administration kind of came around and, and did that because I know for a while the Trump administration did want to use it for you know more pipelines a and pipeline, more oil drilling yeah. um, and so I think with the Biden administration um, in my opinion I like the fact that this land is protected right it yeah it conserves a lot of important species to the U.S. it gives native cultures their ability to you know practice their culture and have yeah. their have their sacred sites and um, it gives climbers you know and, and people who like being outdoors a space to do that in a beautiful area and yeah. so I, I, I find some fault in the arguments presented by the Utah government. Again, I have not fully read all the legal documents around this. Yeah, and neither so, of us had read um, either of the, of the legal documents. Right. Um, but, you know, just my initial reaction here kind of just speaks to the fact and, and shows that, you know, as climbers, we have a say mm-hmm. to some extent in, you know, what goes on with public lands as mm-hmm. proved by the Access Fund kind of yeah. backing the Native people on this. So yeah. I, I just thought it was an interesting story to bring up. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, for me too, like, I think it's a very interesting story. I definitely want to keep following it. Um, but yeah, for my main point, like the native tribe is the native land is always going to be the native land. If they wish to invite climbers onto that land, that's a great plus. Right. And I hope mm-hmm. it's a, it's a great opportunity for these two communities to merge and definitely. learn more from each other. Um, I've actually never met any native American climbers before, but I feel like they'd be like a very cool bunch of people. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I have either. I, there are a bunch of um, interesting documentaries on I rock mm-hmm. where they talk about that that yeah. intersection, but mm-hmm. I have not. I don't think I've met anyone who's native either who nah. climbs. Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure they're they're definitely out there, especially like in the Midwest or in the West. You oh, know, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I just hope that you know. Um, hopefully this um lawsuit is honestly thrown out by mm-hmm. the by the state of Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, the relationship between climbers and the Axis Fund and these um, native tribes continues to grow. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. So for our accident, um, we don't really have a true, like a true accident, but we do have a little story um, coming from Kevin Corrigan on uh, climbing.com. Um title of this article is Jim Mom Puts Kid in a 20-Foot High Timeout. Um, a 20-Foot High Timeout? 20-Foot High Timeout. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I'm ready And then in the one. subtitle, you're going to love this subtitle. <laughs> Did you read this article when JJ, fun fact, JJ sent us this article? I, I, I skimmed it, but I'm sure this will be a much more in-depth discussion of it today. <laughs> um, her son was still on the wall, suspended about 20 feet up. The hmm. only thing holding him up was a gree-gree chain to the floor. Oh. <laughs> We love our <laughs> non-hands-free assisted breaking devices oh, yeah. holding somebody up. Oh, yeah. All the time. <laughs> it's my favorite thing to see uh, yeah. when I work. You know? I'm sure there wasn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, what does this article say, Carolyn? So, um, this is a story from um, a man named Brian Lockwood um, who sent this email who sent this via email to Climbing.com. We've covered a lot of stories like this before where Climbing.com will um, accept kind of um email stories or just like general like facebook posts from people telling their stories about the crazy stuff that they've seen and climbing it's a very fun read um and <laughs> this is of brian seeing um obviously a mom put her kid in timeout essentially um so the article reads quote i saw a mother and her son climbing at the gym they were speaking in another language but it sounded like they were angry with each other it sounded like it seemed like the kid didn't want to climb and the mother was telling him to keep going 
An hour later, I heard a staff member yelling at the mother, and she was sitting in a chair 50 feet from the wall. Her son was still on the wall, suspended about 20 feet up. (laughs) The only thing holding him up was a Grigri chain to the floor. Uh, And then in parentheses, the gym makes people blow off a Grigri's anchor to the floor if they haven't passed Mm -hmm. the play test. Um, End quote. (laughs) What do you think about that? So this mother literally refused to let their child down because... I wouldn't say it's refused to let the child down. I mean, yeah, like the kid's up there 20 feet in the air. (laughs) Correct. It sounds like general negligence. Number one, um, I think we kind of talked about a a case similar to this where, um, you know, people have, oh man, I'm trying to remember all the accents, but I'm pretty sure we've talked about times where people have just like used grigris expecting them to be like work automatically right um because yeah. remember this kid is going up and it doesn't mention anything about the the mother saying any like pulling in slack or anything mm-hmm. so what i imagine is that the kid is probably 20 feet in the air holding on with all the slack beneath him um mm. because as we mentioned before the grigris chained to the ground um yeah which is strange is interesting to me about that normally you would anchor your harness to the floor, floor. and then you would clip your grigri into your harness mm-hmm um again i don't know what this specific gym yeah is it, doing mm-hmm. um but my question is if the mother was on belay no she wasn't she was in a she was in a chair 50 feet from the wall so then how did the kid get up there in the first place i'm guessing i'm guessing <laughs> maybe i'm not understanding the situation i'm not really understanding the situation either <laughs> it just sounds like like a weird like one of those weird situations where it's like kind of similar to the story that we talked about last week with macy where it was like the kid somehow like mm. got on the wall mm-hmm. without the audible way. Mm-hmm. There's no rope in sight. So yeah, what it seems to have happened is that mom put kid on the Greek. Oh, I think I know. I think I'm. I think I'm putting the things together. So mom probably was on the Grigri attached to the floor, right? Because the Grigri is attached to the floor. Hook the Grigri into the harness, right? Belays the kid twenty feet up. Kid doesn't want to go anymore mm-hmm. she doesn't want to bring him down she wants him to keep going mm-hmm. so she goes when i'm guessing what she did is she went off belay and attached the grigri to the floor and was like okay you're not right. coming down so my question mm-hmm. is that process mm-hmm. like did that not <laughs> cross her mind at all that the kid was kind of like not even on belay 20 feet up in the I air i mean i guess she would have i guess she would have thought that because the grigri is chained to the floor and the grigri is a I'm saying this with quotation marks, an automatic locking device. That's not true. Yeah, um, it's assisted braking. It's assisted braking, Which is correct. not the same thing as a hands-free. Correct. Right? Yes. So mm-hmm. even if you do use a Grigri, your brake hand should never come off the brake strand. Correct. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Which is like, uh, yeah, I'm still a bit baffled by this because, mm-hmm. I mean, as a parent, I wouldn't keep my child 20 feet in the air as a timeout. Like, I mean, again, I don't know what they were arguing about and mm-hmm. I don't know the context of why the kid was left up there. But this definitely seems like a bit of an interesting dynamic going <laughs> yeah. on. I mean, like I've actually seen it a couple of times where parents will really try to encourage their kids to try new things and, um, you know, overcome their fears. But. I have seen times where it has crossed the line mm-hmm. and we've had to be like, your child is screaming mm. bloody murder on the oh wall. God. They need to come down. Yeah. I'm, and the parents I'm sure like, you no, have seen fine. more interesting parent child dynamics than I have just because you, oh, I had, I had you a, work at the I gym. had to like rescue a girl. <laughs> oh dear. Not like a rescue a girl on the top wall, but she was bouldering. Um, and I, she was like, th- there have been times where she went up on the audible light and was just like screaming for a couple minutes before mm-hmm. she finally like let go and came down. But she was on the bouldering wall and she got uh, like a couple feet up on this green route and like 
right before the top she was like ah like and oh, i was dear. like oh my god yeah. okay so i i think i was in my normal clothes too at that point uh-huh. i was in like no i was in my <laughs> you know like i climb in a bra sometimes yeah. i was climbing my bra and my jeans so so you weren't even on duty i wasn't even on duty i think or maybe i, I don't remember um and i was like I was like, okay, it's hard to deal with this kid. So I went up to her and I was like, sweetheart, just, just relax. Just, just relax. Just, just, just come down. She's like, I'm afraid. And I was like, sweetheart, climb down a little bit. And she started climbing down. And I just like lightly like put my like hand like underneath like her right. thigh and like yeah. one had one on her back. And yeah. I was like, I'm right here. Like, just, yeah. just, just fall. Yeah. She's like, Are you sure? I was like, I'm, I'm literally touching her. You're gonna be fine. Right. She's like, okay. And she like went going and just, you know, spotted <laughs> yeah. her on the way down. And she was like. Okay. <laughs> yeah no i think that's an interesting conversation about like kids in the gym because yeah. obviously even adults who are newer to climbing or who just don't like heights in general don't mm-hmm. like bouldering for the fact that it's you so fall, you fall high. like yeah. a couple like you know 10 feet or so mm-hmm. to the ground um and for little people that is a lot that's a lot of it's, it's a, a, lot it's of a bigger fault because yeah. it's smaller right mm-hmm. and so i think parents have you know kind of a, a duty in a way to mm-hmm. manage their ch- their kids yeah. while they're in i felt bad the gym um because the dad who is with the group he's actually a really cool dad um mm-hmm. but he had like four kids with him that day mm-hmm. and one of them was a two-year-old baby who would start Stupid also screaming <laughs> no who would start screaming if he put her down for like two oh, seconds God. so he was he was trying to like get her down but he was just like all he i yeah, could tell there's, there's a lot going on so i was like i'll just <laughs> we'll just go and do this right now yeah um but yeah it's definitely interesting with I've definitely seen this um, dynamic where a lot of parents will encourage and encourage and encourage their kids, mm-hmm. not even encourage to the point where it's like, it's like, you will do this. It's like, you will do this. Yeah. Did you have that situation yesterday where you were waiting for the, for no, the white? Okay. So yeah, yesterday I was waiting for an audible route. On, it was a route that I recommended. Yeah. That Carolyn recommended me too. Um, and there was a kid who was trying to do the same route mm-hmm. um, and he was clipped in. And I think, you know, he did it about three times before like I was like, five. hey, do you guys mind if I get the next route? It that's was okay. so, it was a lot. I was like, Yeah, Hello? and the, the, the dad was like, yeah. Like, I mean, it, it wasn't like, a, oh, yeah, sure, you can totally use it. My child's been working on this for 30 minutes. Or, you know, it, it was more of a, yeah, you can, yeah, it's fine. Um, And the the kid definitely seemed like he was enjoying himself, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just like The dad things. was definitely, like, giving him beta and helping him through it. Mm-hmm. Um, But. You know, the, the kid didn't make it to the top, which is why I was like, can I please? Have yeah, this you were waiting now? for a while, yeah, dude. I was waiting for like 30 minutes. <laughs> At but. least, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, obviously not a very situation, uh, a similar situation, but it's definitely like, it's weird when you're being placed in that position as an employee and being mm-hmm. like, I don't want to tell people like how to parent their kids. Yeah. But, like, but there are rules in the gym. Mm-hmm. And that's, and yeah. it, it, you know, it, it comes back to our, our climbing ethics conversation that we had, you know, a, a couple months back about if you do bring your kids around, Mm-hmm. there's you know certain things that should be kept in mind you know correct yeah so. um and, and then oh go ahead you know and and never should you tie your child to the anchor on the ground with a non-hands-free assisted braking device correct. for timeout reasons correct <laughs> yes don't please don't do that and then um kevin um later writes a little lesson underneath the um article basically saying quote this mom isn't likely to win parent of the year um, don't <laughs> abandon any climber on the wall no matter what device you're playing yeah. with um, but yeah in order to have he later continues on and says in order to have peace of mind necessary to do something scary like rock climbing you need to have absolute trust in your belayer mm-hmm. if your belayer does anything to breach that trust you should not climb with them end quote I agree with that 100% yeah. 
I am a very, very strong believer of like being an absolute bitch. If it, <laughs> if it means like, if it means like, if someone's trying to like be like, no, like I'll believe you, I'll believe you. And you've had very sketchy situations with right. them. I've obviously never ran into this. Right. But if you're, if you, if someone keeps pestering you, like, let me belay you, let me belay you, mm-hmm. like, it's going to be fine. No. Yeah. No. I mean, we talk about this almost mm-hmm. every episode, right? It's important to have someone that you trust and you climb with because mm-hmm. there's a, there's a whole, you know, besides the physical aspect, there's a whole mental aspect to climbing that yeah. can be threatening sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to have someone in your corner mm-hmm. um, and someone who is, you know, you can you can put your trust in you can rely on so that you don't have to be thinking about another variable going wrong while you're yeah. doing something already sort of dangerous and i think also too for the belayers like i actually had this conversation with my very good friends um from high school when over thanksgiving and she was talking about how um one of her friends is a is a wanting to be a pilot mm-hmm. and she was like yeah i'll go i'll go like in a plane with them and i was like you <laughs> not that like name drop but i was like girl like you're gonna trust somebody to fly in a plane but you won't trust me to belay and it's like, <laughs> but it's one of those things too like obviously she's never been belayed by me before but like if she were ever be belayed by me it's one of those things like i have to really earn this person's trust like mm. i feel like in the case of belaying trust is not given trust is earned mm-hmm. um if you do anything that's like sketchy or like if you do things to like i don't i've never experienced this but like i guess like mess with somebody while they're on belay mm-hmm. that's an immediately breach of trust that should not happen yeah period yeah um, and i I'd, I'd say there there is also a a level of you know your belayer being there for you to push you and to help yeah. you climb harder and mm-hmm. like if you fell one time you know there's that there's that encouragement of oh try it again like you got it but mm-hmm. if it ever if it ever gets to a point where they're literally not letting you down yeah and it's it's gotten to a point where like it's it's gone beyond that encouragement yeah and it's that's not it's, cool anymore it's pretty it's, it's fucking abusive at the point yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, it's definitely drawing the line yeah it's it's crossing a boundary essentially mm-hmm. um it's important to always remain that that level of trust mm-hmm. between those two people yeah um and to build that trust and earn that trust definitely. when it is you know when you have the opportunity right to, to mm-hmm. do that for sure yeah yeah all right any last thoughts no that's I think those are some good stories to finish out our accidents and our news for the season. Season season one. Woo. All right. So now, oh, we don't have a food for this episode. Oh, what are we eating for dinner? We're having... uh, Yeah, what are you making me? I'm making you um, arepas, number one. Ooh, arepas. Arepas. um, The Venezuelan kind, to be specific. Okay, okay. I'm making you arepas, and then um, we're also having chicken. I'm going to see if I can make some guac, um, beans. Yum. Yeah. Yeah, Carolyn's cooking me dinner. Yeah, the, she's coming over. In, I think one or two days because we're gonna go play her favorite video game. The last before was. I head out mm-hmm. to other things and other adventures. So mm-hmm. we're gonna spend some crag gal time and Woo. um, we're also gonna play some, some video games. Yeah. And she's gonna make our wood awake wine night. You know. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I am getting wine also. Yeah. Okay, too. great. <laughs> cool. Um, so yeah, sweet. It's gonna be our little little time. So the Oedipus of this episode of our final episode yeah. is gonna be our little reflections. Yeah. Um, on on this episode mm-hmm. and just generally talking about. What we thought about things that not only we can improve in ourselves, but also like mm-hmm. just generally like reflecting on on the past season. Mm-hmm. It's been a journey. I'm yeah, very, yeah, I mean, I'm I can, smiling. <laughs> yeah, I'll just start by asking you, Carolyn. Do mm-hmm. you have a favorite episode or a topic that we've talked about that you think is worth maybe diving deeper into? That worth diving deeper into, um, or even just something that you that you enjoyed talking about that you didn't think you would have enjoyed as much. Um, I definitely enjoyed talking a lot about the accidents. 
and mm, I know you, it, yeah I, I, I do think you you definitely liked that more than I did not that I didn't like that but I think you got some <laughs> you were definitely skeptical enjoyment about talking about you know why things go wrong and therefore what we can learn from them yeah um I I got the inspiration from the accents from another podcast that I that I listened to called Black Box Down um mm-hmm. by Rooster Teeth um so if anybody's familiar with video games they're the same people who did Red, Red versus Blue during the old Halo days um so now they have a podcast called Black Box Down where they talk about airplane crashes mm. and I'm yeah you showed me this podcast <laughs> yeah. before and I, I remember the first time we listened to it I was like Carolyn is deliberately listening to ways that planes can go down <laughs> why um I, I found it so interesting how how little very little like details can make things go so wrong and mm, being yeah. in a sport that is very dangerous and where things happen, things do go mm, wrong and all the time. A, a lot of variables, right? Correct. Like all the parts have mm-hmm. to work at yeah. the same time. Yeah, exactly. So I wanted to kind of dive in. I wanted to have a section where we could talk about accent to not only promote risk management throughout the community, yeah. but also just like kind of have it in people's minds more of when things go wrong, what can we do? Right. What can we look at beforehand to make sure that things yeah. don't go wrong? No, you that know? I think that comes down to kind of, you know, when I talked about the leave no trace principles, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like number one of the, of the list is plan ahead and prepare. And so yeah. if you can be, mm-hmm. per, be prepared when, you know, things may go wrong mm-hmm. um, and, you know, be able to can keep a, to keep a, you know, a sense of composure that, mm-hmm. If things do go wrong, it's not the end of the world. Let's, you know, work through it and solve it. And um, I think in us choosing, you know, accidents that happened that had, you know, things that were worked through and, and mm-hmm. they didn't always end bad, I think, was also good to show that just because something does happen doesn't mean it's all going to, you know, go out the window. But there mm-hmm. there is a way to work through things. And especially mm-hmm. if you're prepared and you plan ahead, you can minimize those. Yeah, definitely. Oh, man. I want to look up the quote that we had one episode. Um, my, I think without a doubt, my favorite accident to talk about was the one with um, Will Giles, I think is that. Will, I think his name's Will Gad. Will I can, Gad, I can yeah. pull that up right now because um, I do know what quote you're talking about. Yeah, the one where he was talking about, um, you know, he does this thing, he does this shit every day, um, and how, you know, it's not every day that you have an accident, but kind of minimizing the, um, not like the sense of like idiocracy around it, because his mis- his accident was like, holy shit, that's really yeah, scary. No, his, I mean, his, mm-hmm. he was a millimeter away from falling, like fully falling, fully falling to his death, and we saw that in the um, in the thing. In the in the thing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, in the mm-hmm. Jimmy Chin's Edge of the Unknown. Yes, Edge of the Unknown. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Here I, I have the quote that Thank Will Gad said. Um, so he says, "Quote: well, happens. I've been climbing for forty years, and every day I go out the door with the expectation that I could do something new and different. You can say it's stupid, but it's a human condition. We all make mistakes. You never set out on a climbing day to do some stupid." and have an accident but sometimes that's what happens Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how long you've been climbing or how good your systems are we make mistakes and we need to try to remove some of the embarrassment from that we have to talk about these things to remove the expectation of perfection the idea that if you're not perfect you're an idiot it's Mm -hmm. totally unrealistic yeah that's a great it's a great it's such a it's a great quote and i think like there is kind of a tendency like when you do see some sketchy stuff to be like dude you're gonna kill somebody Mm -hmm. like you're an idiot but at the same time i think it's a lot it's maybe because a lot of people do not realize the dangers behind Mm -hmm. what can go wrong Mm -hmm. and how when things go wrong how badly they can go Mm -hmm. wrong like the book i gave you about um, american uh mountaineering accidents Mm -hmm. 90 percent of that book is from people dying 
it's people dying right like, you know like it's crazy i think one of the stories that i actually like clipped where i wanted to look at later was mm-hmm. um one an incident of where someone died mm. you know um but it was such like a crazy like thing that you would never expect it was someone who was super experienced making right. like a very little mistake right died yeah you know um so yeah just kind of opening the door to be able to talk about accidents yeah is really cool and, and i and, like you know keeping it real right it, it mm-hmm. can all be fun and games until it's not and i yeah. think understanding that balance and not being scared of that balance yeah is also important mm-hmm. awesome so. what about you what did you what did you enjoy like talking yeah. about the most? yeah so or i really liked i really liked all of our conversations about indoor versus outdoor oh yeah um, <laughs> and i liked it for two reasons I liked it because I think we both of us brought a different perspective to that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I think I realized more so than I did before that um, just because you do one thing doesn't mean you can't do the other thing yeah. or you can't get into the other thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's especially true for indoor climbers getting into the outdoor spaces and then outdoor climbers being able to teach those indoor climbers or, mm-hmm. or even just coming in, coming into the gym and learning those, those gym ethics. Um, I've just you know, really liked to explore that relationship and what each group can, you know, help the other in learning. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was just some great discussions that we had. And I always looked forward to those. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. I guess the next, that leads into our next question. I guess like what, what thing have you learned the most from this season? Yeah. So, and, you know, and going back to what I like talking about most, mm-hmm. um, something that I, I really learned about climbing in general. And then I'll talk about just what I learned about, you know, from doing the podcast in general but you know Mm -hmm. those conversations that we've had um have really showed me why uh a strong community is is important when Mm -hmm. when teaching skills and when when passing information from one person to another because if you don't have a strong community people are going to get into things incorrectly and they're going to do things wrong and then our accidents happen right yeah we've we've talked about that um Mm -hmm. and so i think you know having an open accepting and friendly community which is what the climate community has has proven to be for me at least yeah um you know allows for people to learn and to grow Mm -hmm. in the best way possible and and i think we certainly have that community here yeah i've definitely learned a lot from people People have said like come this time of year. I'm sorry to interrupt, but like no. people around like around this time of year come from all over the country mm-hmm. because they're visiting family, right? Mm-hmm. And one of our members yesterday, I won't say who, uh, but she she knows who this is. She, you, you, like uh, she she knows what I'm talking about. Like she comes from San Diego, mm-hmm. and like she said that she never really had as strong of a climbing community mm-hmm. in San Diego. Like, obviously, the community was big in San right. Diego, but San there was massive, nothing yeah. like there was nothing like as strong as what we have here. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I think I found like my new home. That's really great. Like, yeah. You know, it's it's really interesting and very exciting to see the little community that we have here being yeah. so strong and very supportive of one another and yeah. very encouraging. And yeah, I, I think it's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and like I said, if, if anything I've learned, it's just that that community aspect is important. And yeah. to, if that's not within climbing, like, like finding your village mm-hmm. is crucial in having success in your life and that yeah. you know that takes time it, it doesn't you know you don't walk into somewhere and you have best friends for life immediately right it like yeah. it, it takes work and it takes effort mm-hmm. to cultivate those relationships and those friendships um, yeah definitely but if anything this podcast has helped me reflect on the community here and mm-hmm. how lucky we are to be able to kind of spearhead yeah. the club team and you know the people who are on the team are just some some really great people and I, I feel grateful on that yeah so i'm very grateful um, for them as well yeah but just and i, I know you love film and media <laughs> and 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 hosting a podcast so specifically what about <laughs> this is the first podcast i've ever well 
I've co-hosted one podcast before okay. before this, but I was I was pretty similar to you where someone invited me on. Okay. And I was like, hi. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess my my question for you is mm-hmm. what is it what is it about the podcast medium that you like talking about climbing, right? Like mm. we you could have done you could have chosen a ton of other aspects in order to, you know, have more of a female voice in climbing, but yeah. why did you choose the podcast? Um, I chose it for two reasons. One, because I felt the podcast medium would be a little bit easier on my end. Mm. I know filming for me um, historically has been actually kind of difficult. I don't know why, but I have imposter syndrome, I Mm. guess, from filming. And I always have felt like in my films that nothing I did could ever be very adequate. Mm. Um, And I also knew that it takes me a really long time to be able to produce those things because of perfectionism, right? Mm -hmm, Yeah. Um, So I figured with the podcast, I could give myself the excuse of like, oh, this is brand new. I could just do this, you know, on a whim. It'd be easier. I don't have to worry so much about like editing Mm. as much. Um, And it won't take as much time. And I also like, um, we talked about this earlier, but I worked at UPS for for 14 months. And in those 14 months, I was working like four hour, six hour, sometimes eight hour long shifts. Mm -hmm. And it was um, all like we, we weren't really allowed to have headphones, but everybody snuck them in anyway. Yeah. Because no one gives a shit. <laughs> but, um, and a lot of those times I found like I didn't really have like the most diverse music taste. So what would I do? I listened to podcasts. OK. Um, and like in those times where it was like really, really like rough nights or like where it was just like a lot to do and I just needed a place to escape. I would just like start playing podcasts. I'd listen to like the Jocko Willing podcast yeah. or like um one of the pod- I listen to Black Box Down. I listen mm-hmm. to the Rooster Teeth podcast. Like people just getting together, like talking about things and yeah. experiences that they've had in their lives that have changed them. Mm-hmm. And I kind of also wanted to kind of give people who may not be into climbing, who may be into climbing, who may be in those situations, a thing to listen to. Yeah, for um, sure. While also being, of course, a podcast for allowing you know women to have like a space to talk about climbing. Um, yeah, of course. It. Yeah, yeah. I think those are all. Mm-hmm. very very valid reasons to want to do this so. yeah yeah mm-hmm. and it just seemed fun too yeah like i've never really I enjoyed it yeah i've I never i've it. never started like my own podcast i had no idea what i was doing <laughs> <laughs> i think you're doing pretty decent so far you're producing all of it <laughs> right like that's that that is a lot of work i don't know how to do any of that so you do know how to do it you're just getting better yeah yeah i've edited one episode <laughs> yeah um and you'll up, you'll edit more yeah you know yeah 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 <laughs> i have um what advice would you give to the audience after this season mm, that's a good question mm-hmm. um i mean i talk about finding your village a lot mm-hmm. so my i guess extended advice beyond that would be don't be afraid to reach out to people mm-hmm. if you want some more information about how to do things right yeah. like don't mm-hmm. if you're a new climber who wants to get into outdoor don't just go outdoors and think that you can figure it out yeah try and ask somebody learn from someone who has a lot of knowledge so that that knowledge can be passed down yeah um and really lean into the fact that people want to help you if you just ask Mm -hmm. um and i think you know that will help you to be prepared for mm-hmm. when you do want to do bigger excursions, bigger activities. Yeah. Go outdoors, even climb harder things in the gym, mm-hmm. you know, lead climbing, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that is his own beast in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess my advice would be don't be afraid to approach someone, ask questions, mm-hmm. try and learn as much as you can. Like just like really go full force into learning about what you want to, what you want to do and what you're passionate about and, I think that can bring a lot of value in talking to other people who have, you know, knowledge in, a, in an area or in, in a subject. Yeah. 
Um, I think one advice that was a really good advice. First Thank of you. All. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think one one piece of advice that I would give was just kind of kind of focusing on persistence so Mm -hmm. like kind of a little bit different than yours like i think a lot of people sometimes they come into the gym or no newcomers they come into the gym and they're like oh like i don't know like how consistent i want to be sometimes like especially new new people will Mm -hmm. come in like seven days a week yeah um but especially a lot of the older crowd who comes in and they're brand new and they're like i can only do this like one day a week yeah or like you know i'm so busy you know i'm doing this and that I think an important piece of advice would to just keep going and stay persistent and and not only climbing but everything that you do. Um, there's a lot of times where I in my life don't want to do things because I'm either too tired or too busy or just not feeling it or just kind of like Meh, whatever. Um, but I think it's important, especially like with this new sport and with trying to get a new hobby or even just trying to maintain an active lifestyle to do things when you feel tired to do things when Mm -hmm. you don't feel good to do things when you know you kind of just are having a bad day yeah i think it speaks a lot to people's character and i think overall it teaches you lessons that you're going to need later in life like obviously no one wants to have to do really 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 hard things when they don't want to Mm -hmm. but i think in life there's always going to be there's always going to be things that are really really hard when you really really don't want to yeah and you're going to have to do those things pushing through that yeah there's power there's there's power and endurance there's strength and endurance yeah and even Um, like going back to when we talked about that 510 jump right yeah like, if you, like mm-hmm. most climbers or a lot of climbers will plateau at you know trying 10. to get in from 5.9 into 5.11 just that like yeah. that, that 510 511 you know range yeah um and you know by not staying persistent that can cause you to you know lose sight of the bigger picture yeah and mm-hmm. you know staying focused and staying persistent and, and and coming back again and again can get you through those you know mentally harder times of plateauing or not mm-hmm. being able to send something for a long time yeah. and then you know when you finally come back and do it and you you move past the physical bar- barriers that you haven't been able to do it's even more rewarding yeah right? definitely like you you actually saw me the other day when i was at um when we were hanging out at the gym mm-hmm. I, forget, I don't remember no it wasn't a team day um we were hanging out at the gym and i had to send like my goal was to send that one five ten and i just couldn't do it mm-hmm. like i was i was shoot, and then what happened two days later i you, i flashed my first five ten. right exactly <laughs> like it's it's so, it, there you know, is a sense of patience and mm-hmm. it's hard yeah like it's just you just need grit to yeah. get through it you know basically yes but yeah, yeah. and embrace the grit though just keep going <laughs> So yeah, that would be my totally. advice is to keep persistent, keep going, um, even when things are hard. And then I guess like merging this into yours, like when those times are hard, like ask for help, ask for yeah, fear. ask that's, for that's like, good. hey, how do I improve my finger strength or how do I improve my flexibility to those climbers who look a little bit scary in the gym? <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, overall, I think that totally. would be that would be a great resource. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, Carolyn, mm-hmm. maybe switching subjects a little bit here. Do you have any climbing resolutions or goals for 2023, given I don't that we're like, kind of approaching the new year a little bit here? I don't like New Year's resolutions that much <laughs> because I feel like my personal goal is, like, if you think something's wrong, you should be changing it right now. Hmm. Um, That's interesting perspective. Yeah. I'm not or maybe just good at things it, that you're looking forward to, to no, happening I know. In, yeah. in your climbing life. I know. I told you these goals uh a, a while ago i think but my goal okay so my goal last year was to be able to climb a v3 by the end of this year yeah and then climb a 510 by the end of this year those have already been accomplished nice that's and then great after i accomplished the 510 i was like okay i want to be able to flash 510 yeah after um by the end of the year so that happened yeah and then um now i think the goal is to get into the um 
I, by the end of next year, I want to be able to comfortably climb a 511 and start um, start looking at projecting 512s. Yeah. And then my goal for next year is also to be able to flash a weed 510. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's that's a good goal. Yeah. I, I like those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I and think- then oh, I was going to say for bouldering too. Yeah. For bouldering, um, I'd probably just for next year i think I'm, I'm, i want to come a v5 mm-hmm. i think that'd be really cool that's awesome mm-hmm. i think those are some great goals mm-hmm. and i think you're definitely getting to the point where you're kind of coming out over the top of the 510 jump i don't right? know bro like- <laughs> and so there's hopefully going to be some exponential growth coming up for you soon it would be very exciting hopefully yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do i do what are your climbing goals yeah so given that i will be living in another country for half of the year mm-hmm. um I guess my overall goal would be to try and explore Irish climbing as much as possible. Okay. Um, there are apparently pretty fun crags out there in Ireland. Mm-hmm. They're not as well developed as in the U.S. just mm-hmm. because there's less climbing yeah. and there's less climbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think Access Fund exists out there. Either no. exists out there or does any work out there. I'm not sure. It's probably just like the mountaineering like. club. Like that's probably or like the Alpine Club. Those are probably the things that like. Are yeah, protecting. I'm sure they have some yeah. you know organizations out there. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, th- I think overall in terms of like not even grade specific, I would just want to explore European climbing or yeah. and, and like and British climbing mm-hmm. and, and Irish climbing and you know all that's out there. Um, um, but in in terms of grades and just you know thinking about where I want my technical ability to progress. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been dabbling a little bit here and there with some 13s. A I know. little, little bit. Um, I'm I very can... excited. If you come back <laughs> and if you've climbed some white tag in the gym, <laughs> I'm going to start crying and sobbing of just yeah. pure happiness. So <laughs> I, I will preface this by saying 13s are certainly my upper limit. I have not gone oh. to the top of a 13. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will spend enough time on climbs where I can get most of the way up before I just am bored and want to try something else. <laughs> um, and I can connect enough of the moves mm-hmm. in very choppy motions, right? Yeah. Um, and so I don't think I'll be flashing 13s anytime soon, but... That'd be pretty cool. But, we can make a little short film about yeah. that. A little sender <laughs> film about that. I'm a flashing 13s. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think just by the end of 2023, I would like to be able to either comfortably project or comfortably get up 13s. Gotcha. Um, And I'm currently projecting 12s. And Mm -hmm. so I haven't, I I can get up 12s and I -hmm. I just have not been able to do it in one push. Mm -hmm. I've certainly not flashed a 12. That's not happening yet. Um, Nor have I been able to do a 12 in one push without falling at least once. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think my primary goal is to start doing the 12s enough that I can you know get used to technique and get used to type of holds so that Mm -hmm. I won't be falling at all um and then that maybe will lend to some 13 Mm -hmm. fun we'll see I don't know (laughs) those are just some maybe you know down the road goals Mm -hmm. Um, and is that for top rope was that for weed definitely top top rope rope. yeah Uh, (laughs) you know I feel like I should like lead more than I do you seem like you're built for weeding. Like, really? You get up there and you just have like this like very calm attitude, and you're just like, and very analytical. Like, whatever I weed boy for you, and you just kind of like go yeah. For it. I mean, I think that lends my personality just a little bit, but mm-hmm. I think I like I like top roping more than lead, just because yeah. of the fact that I I can really push my physical boundary, and I don't like doing that on lead. Yeah, neither um, do I. And so, yeah, I guess just another goal in that sense would just be like lead climb more. Yeah, that's, honestly, and just that's get more honestly, comfortable with that. Yeah, that's one of my goals too. I definitely want to start doing fall training at some point. Mm-hmm. 
for sure yeah <laughs> don't want to it's <laughs> funny because i'm like oh i really want to weed and then yeah. all of a sudden we have this competition coming up in on in january 29th mm-hmm. where it's boulder and lead mm-hmm. and the same day um <laughs> i'll be waving from across the ocean good luck with that that's one that's fine <laughs> i'm gonna need the waves at that point <laughs> um but yeah that's yeah i guess those are i guess our, our, our resolutions yeah mm-hmm. i think i just in general just stay excited about climbing like i yeah this this world has brought me so much joy and i mm-hmm. think especially getting to explore it in another lens mm-hmm. by being an american in ireland yeah i think will be interesting and mm-hmm. i I really look forward to having conversations with Irish climbers about mm-hmm. what their grading scale is like, yeah. how they climb, what, what gear the do they use? Do like, climb? are there any, are there any like European brands that are popular over there that are over here mm-hmm. and, you know, vice versa. Like I yeah. highly doubt that they have, you know, Butora shoes over there or maybe they do. I, I could be wrong. Right. Like yeah. that's something that I'll, I'll find out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that endeavor and in, in learning just more about other ways that people climb i'm excited about yeah definitely so i guess this doesn't really apply to you as much mm-hmm. but is there anything about next season that you're really excited about in terms i'm excited of- to listen to what you and macy come up with <laughs> yeah <laughs> and to share with my irish friends <laughs> yeah I was, we were talking about this earlier but like you need to you need to establish a little a little hub yeah in, in ireland and we'll call my ireland <laughs> Yeah, um, one one little section of Ireland and then State College will be the most popular. That's area. all we need. Because think about think about like how often Irish people like travel outside of Ireland. Like like we can't really do it here in the states. Like obviously we'll travel outside of our state, right? But like think about how often like they go to like oh I'm going to like Paris for the weekend. <laughs> that sounds so bougie. I'm so sorry to everybody. Well, listening. Ireland. I I would say that part of the EU European countries can do that, but like Ireland is an island in itself, so you can take a ferry. Like it yeah, seems a fair. little bit like it seems more accessible than us. Like for example, <laughs> having to go to Canada that's or like true, yeah. or like Mexico, right? Like, or like any other country. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. There's there's a saying that's like what like 200 years over here seems like a long time, but over there 200 miles seems like a long time. Yeah, a, a long distance just because mm-hmm. like you drive like 50 feet to your right and you're like in Germany or yep. you know or, you know what, you know what I mean like, I mean that's how it works like you right. know um so yeah I'm yeah I'm, I'm definitely excited to see like all of the Irish climbers that you meet mm-hmm. and like seeing like our little hub on RS <laughs> RSS like this is the our distributing platform just like grow yeah <laughs> you know? I'm really excited yeah. for that um i know for me personally i'm also very really excited for the bond that me and macy are about to have Mm -hmm. um throughout this um that'll be cool to to see you guys definitely yeah i'm excited generally just uh we have a lot of interviews planned for next oh that's so fun i already have the contacts um amazing starting to line up so that's cool it's definitely um it's really exciting um yeah we have obviously we have no dates planned out yet but like like it's the exciting. ideas are there which is which is the cool. ideas are there that people are open to talk that's awesome so very cool yeah mm-hmm. i'm definitely looking forward to supporting you guys from a distance mm-hmm. and hearing all the fun things that you come up with mm-hmm. before i come back <laughs> yeah definitely so it'll be fun it'll be yeah, fun mm-hmm. totally awesome all right I don't, do you have anything else that you want to talk about or like do you do you have any like last parting message i guess yeah i just you know keep on climbing to everyone <laughs> who's listening like that's mm-hmm. you know we are doing this podcast because we love climbing and mm-hmm. at the root of everything that we do is that's like that is it like just stay in love with the sport yeah if if that ever you know becomes if there ever gets to a point where you don't love the sport as much maybe take a step back and reflect on why mm-hmm. um and 
just you know recognize that you know it's it's such a unique thing to do and Mm -hmm. I just again I always say this but I I feel very grateful to be able to to do it Mm -hmm. and to be able to talk about and share it and you know have a life that revolves around climbing yeah same I'm I'm very thankful for the body that I have to be able to do Mm -hmm. it um, and I'm very grateful that I have a lot of very meaningful friendships because of the sport. Totally. Um, so yeah, I'm just very thankful. If you do not have a climbing person in your life, go find one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you can buy them the climbing gifts for the climber in your life. Oh yeah. <laughs> As evidenced by our last episode. That was two episodes ago, ago Miss Girl. Oh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. All right. Well, it's been a pledge. It's been fun. Mm-hmm. I will hopefully see everybody yeah. in season three. Yes. That, uh, this is, <laughs> Emma's coming back. I'm coming back. Emma is coming back. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's been awesome getting to experiment this whole yeah. podcast idea with you, Em. Definitely. Um, it's been a great journey so far. Please have fun in Ireland and come back. <laughs> oh, I'll, <laughs> I'll be coming back. I don't know who I'm going to be when I come back. Hopefully not much different, but I, I definitely will have some fun stories I that think, I can't wait to share. I don't think it would be that much different. I feel like it's really differ- difficult for people to change this late in life, but we'll see. Yeah, We'll see. Either yeah. way. <laughs> I'm excited to see what I'll come back, back with like, I don't know, purple hair. No, I would never do that. I, I I'm not a, I'm, not I, don't, a- <laughs> I don't think I'd ever come back with colored hair. <laughs> do you, have you ever thought about coloring your hair? No, no, not yeah. not an unnatural color. I thought about dyeing my red, but that was when I was like really, really I short. I think you could pull that off, like a dark, dark, I, l- dark yeah, like a, like a like cherry wine red. I really yeah. think you could pull that off. I think I could too, <laughs> but like I think it's uh, yeah, I'm, it's the I'm commitment. Just, it's like yeah, it's, it's like getting com- a tattoo. It's dude, like do I want to do this? No, or I not? can do a tattoo. I just have commitment <laughs> issues with everything else. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Yeah. All right. Well, All righty. Well, for the last time, for a bit. Yeah. Keep on do you want do you want to do the outro? Oh, do you know sure. how to do the outro? Well, you do the outro because you always do that very well, and then I'll just say my my little tagline that okay, I like. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for today's episode, thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, we talked for watching. Wow, for listening. <laughs> we talked about the um, issues with Utah, with the state of Utah coming in to try to um, unprotect the Bears Ears land, which was kind of crazy. But uh, we'll be sure to keep an eye on that um, as time goes on. Uh, we talked about a climbing incident, I guess today's episode was, where a mom casually let her <laughs> left her son on casually, is the keyword there. <laughs> casually left her son uh, 20 feet up in the air with only a grigri to protect him. Um, we talked about, um, and then we just basically did a little reflection on mm-hmm. our time during this episode. What we hope for next, what we hope for next season, what we hope for next year, what lessons we learned, what things we did. So yeah, overall. Emma, thank you so much for being yeah. uh, my co-host for season one. Yeah, thanks for bringing me on. I've, I've loved it. It's been fun. Anytime. And then we're excited to see y'all next year. Obviously, obviously, throughout the um, we have a very strict like during Thanksgiving we don't film any podcasts. During Christmas we don't film any podcasts. During the summer we will not be filming any podcasts. That's just our schedule. We believe that we should have uh, time with our families and time to just actually take a break and not have to worry about anything. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to see y'all um, a lot next year um, with 2023 with me and Macy Grove um, for our, my season three co-host podcast. Um, otherwise, though, Emma will be back for or season two. It's, um, Macy will be my season two mm-hmm. co-host podcast. And then Emma will be back for season three. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. See keep you later. Keep on climbing. Keep on climbing, guys. Happy New Year. 